I've got this excellent do not disturb setting on my phone. It's called uh, don't have people who contact you <laughs> or friends. It's, it's called loneliness. Yeah. yeah. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of List Envy. I am delighted to have you along. So on this podcast, I sit down with a friend or make a new friend and we collaborate on a top five list of my guests choosing. So what that basically means is they come up with a topic, we go away and we make our own respective lists and then we come together and sort of smush them and create one definitive list that rules them all. So if you're ever in a pub and you're arguing about what the best condiment to put on a hot dog is, um, then you will have the definitive top five list uh, and uh, the list that we decide are final and there are no takesy-backsies. My name is Mark Stedman and I am a functioning idiot. Um, Most people have gaps in their knowledge. I think I have the inverse where I know a lot about maybe three things. Um, So you can join me on something of a journey of discovery uh, in this this series. Um, We've got lots of really, really good topics coming up. The very next episode after this is all about childhood toys. Um, So if you're not already subscribed to the podcast, you can do so very quickly and easily by going to listenvypod.com and you will find links to all the popular podcasting apps there. Or if you don't know what that is or what that means, that's fine. You can just listen on the website. New episodes are going to come out every Tuesday, just in time for your commute home, if you're in the UK, that is. So it's about 4pm UK time. So I've already told you about the second episode, but what about this episode? Well, this episode is me sitting down with my friend Max Thomas. Now, Max Thomas is a respiratory and sleep scientist, and he wanted to talk about unintended positive consequences in science. Now, what that means in human is basically interesting scientific discoveries. So not necessarily the destinations. So we won't necessarily cover the biggest accidental or serendipitous uh, discoveries in science. It's all about what makes that particular journey interesting. And so that's what we're going to discuss. So as it is the first episode, I'm not going to bombard you with a load of calls to action. I'm not going to make you do anything and I'm not going to uh, try and sell you a mattress. All I want you to do, your only job right now, is to enjoy the living bejesus out of this first episode and come back to hear the next one straight away. We're in your flat. We are in my flat. And And uh, also my... my Washing machine is on, so it might make some buzzing noises. Yeah, but that's fine because washing machines are science. Yeah, I mean so, rotational, yeah, all sorts. Oh, oh, I mean, I've got a thing here in, in here about detergents. Do you? Yeah, a thing about soaps. Okay, um, and 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 I like stuff. it. So yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And will you tell me about what a clinical scientist is? So that's a great question. Thanks. And it's a question that I think more of the public need to really know the answer to mm-hmm. because. Uh, we're, we're responsible for something like 90% of the diagnoses made in healthcare. Um, but most of your typical patient or public will only know doctors, nurses in hospital, right? Mm. So clinical scientists can range from pathology. So that's working with blood and blood sciences and things like that, or sputum samples. Mm. Um, somebody needs to know what's in that sputum and the scientists can (sighs) know what that is because they've trained for years and years and years and years and years. But sputum, I mean, is that something yeah. that you really need to? Okay. Yeah, yeah fine. some people, some people, need, you need to know what's in the sputum. Yeah. So if you're it's in dispute mobile, it, it's indisputable. Um, but then there's other there's other fields. So I work mm-hmm. in, in in physiology, which mm. is basically the the structure and function of the body. And um, so my particular area is respiratory and sleep science. Any problems breathing or sleeping? You'll come see one of us, or not we'll, breathing while you're sleeping. Yes, yeah. precisely. <laughs> yes. This man knows apnea. Yeah, <laughs> I know from apnea. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I've I, I've heard I've heard of the sleep apnea, um, just because of people I've listened to podcasts before, yeah. and they have the the weird apparatus on their faces. CPAP, sleep, the CPAP machine. Yeah, uh, my like patients little... always tell me, "Oh, I'm like Dark Vader." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, you are. Oh. You are." I love it when they say it because I know they're going to say it. It's always that. It's always that age group. It's just that um, no, they're going to say it. Yeah, yeah, baby boomers, they're just going to say it every single time. And they always say Dark Vader. Yes, they do. Oh, amazing. Um, so you, like, that's a lot of study. Yeah. So yeah. my particular role, I'm very focused on exercise physiology. Mm-hmm. And I I help lead the service at Heartlands Hospital in Birmingham. And we, we perform exercise testing on patients that are going to uh, operations or 
patients where they are reporting limitation to their breathless, mm-hmm. and we try and work out why. And we work out why by making them work out. Yeah, you make people breathless. I know, yeah, I take their breath away. <laughs> but respiratory in general, really useful science, very, very mm. useful, but actually we're horrible to our patients. We, <laughs> we poke and prod in ways yeah. that cardiology, they just slap stickers on the chest and they say, how's the heart going? Yeah, brilliant. Whereas respiratory, we shout at our patients, we say, blow through this tube. Or we say, cycle on this bike until you're sweaty and you feel horrid. <laughs> um, but yeah, mm. it's quite a rewarding job. It is. Good. Do you get to like actually see the results of the work that you've done and see that in patients and stuff? Yeah, so more and more recently. Um, when you're first setting off through this route, you just do the test and you don't get to see the follow-up or sometimes you see some patients. But as you get progress onto more and more the specialist stuff, you, you get to you get involved with actually the, the what we call an MDT, so mm-hmm. a multidiscipline team mm-hmm. that sit there and talk through specific cases that are quite problematic. You know, there's no easy answer. So you have nurses, physios, physiologists, doctors, and everyone else involved in their care pathway. Mm-hmm. And so as you get more involved with these specialist things, you get drawn into more and more of these meetings, which is, um, yeah, you get to see some weird and wonderful cases. It's beautiful. I made a little list for you Aww. with one to five and some pictures. And that, <laughs> that's just to prompt me to remind me what I'm yep. looking at. But at the same time, I'd like to see if you could work out my number one, right? Yeah. Would what? you like to, for the, for the listener, um, describe, describe. describe the first image? So next to number one is a, think I know what it is. is a black circle with a yellow background within that mm-hmm. and three black triangles that mm-hmm. point towards a dot in the middle. Mm-hmm. And everyone knows that as a radiation sign. Mm-hmm. That's danger. Mm-hmm. Don't come near radiation. And so what I actually, I think, is, is my number one um, journey to discovery is the answer to the question... How old is your body? Ooh. The oldest cell in your body. How old is it? Oh, uh, well, I thought they, this is where I'm going to sound like an idiot, but I, I thought they, um, they died and then new ones came along. Yeah. So cells, so yeah, not, cells die and replace yeah. lots of cells. The, the cells in your mouth will turn over daily. Yeah. Um, blood cells are about 24 hours. So, okay. but, but what's, there'll be a cell that's the oldest, right? Okay. And what yeah, do we sure. think the oldest is? Um, so the, okay. the typical thought will be, the outside of bone. So your bone sort of like grows from the centre outwards like mm-hmm. a tree's bark, but obviously it's not going to keep going forever or else everyone would be these giant mm. bony structures of people. Yeah. Um, so the outside of bone um, is is probably what most people answer. Okay. But let's, what do you, how old do you think? How old do you think the oldest seven in the body is? <clears throat> Four days. Four, Four days. days. So I get told off um, by my other half of this because I either... When I'm asked how long is a thing, I either undershoot massively, yeah, 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 and that's yeah. what you've done, yeah. or I overshoot massively. Yeah. And either way, I make her number just seem dwarfed yeah. or massive and giant. And because and... I'm just going with the whole recycling, because I thought all of us did. But yeah, so how long does it take for a bone to heal when you break it? Oh, okay, yeah, that's a fair Let's point. Think about that. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, if it's a bad break, and the particular things can take months. Yeah, months and months and months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. And so actually, nervous tissues are one that's that 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 are. Uh, you kind of break a nerve or something mm. like that. And, you know, paralysis can last for a lifetime in some people. It depends yeah. on which nerve you break. So there are some cells that don't grow that quickly, but do they? are they re- regenerating? And so mm. the reason why this is my number one mm-hmm. is because actually the journey to discovering that is so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, the answer, which I feel I should give at the start, is that there is uh, there are cells in your body that are there from when you when you're born, and they will never regenerate. And if you lose them, you what? die. And those tend what? to be in the deepest part of your brainstem. So, brain damage to the central region to the brain, it, it's just impossible to recover from in some areas. Ugh. So this, the 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 cells that control some automatic functions you have deep within the core of you. Ugh. But how do we know that? How can we be sure of that? You can't just take that cell out and be like, well, it looks about, you know, how old are you now? Yeah, it, yeah, it looks, looks about, about 36 looks years about 36 old. Years yeah. old. Yeah. Um, plus nine months. Yeah. Plus, plus, plus nine months. There you go. Yeah. To that degree of accuracy. <laughs> um, but because of nuclear stuff, Ooh. Ooh. very unspecific, yeah, yeah. Um, what, what, what they found is, so you can carbon date materials. And what we get with that is a, is a, is an accurate sort of measure of the the age of that substance. Yes, yes. And you'll you'll know that from fossils. You mm-hmm. get you get your millions and millions of years because the half life is 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 so long. But actually, um, carbon's used in all sorts of natural in all sorts of tissues and, mm-hmm. and natural things. It's in the atmosphere. 
It then gets into the soil. The soil, the nutrients in the soil are then taken up by plants. It's made into the structures. The animals eat those plants. They make structures from that. We eat those animals. And actually... circle of life. The circle of life, yeah, for the, for the mm-hmm. Lion King fans out there. But you can monitor um, the levels of an isotope called carbon-14. And now this form of carbon only exists as a result of nuclear testing. Only results of nuclear weapons testing, I should say. Okay. So the uses of nuclear devices around the 50s and 60s, developing that technology caused an increase in the levels of carbon-14 in the atmosphere. And then they've stopped so much of that testing, and there's not actually been many nuclear bombs um, fired off since. So those levels are uh, are sort of slowly trickling down. Hmm. But they've been monitored over the years. Mm -hmm. And it's it's remarkable how, how, how closely the atmospheric levels transfer to the tissue levels from when you when you eat uh, one of the plants that's had that carbon-14 in it. So from that, you can get a year, so probably not to the day, but mm-hmm. a very much to the year estimate of how old something is mm-hmm. based on the fact that we tested bombs back in the 50s and 60s. And the, the scientist that was that, that had uh, had written an article about this was saying she was actually a, she was actually a bit upset that the the world of nuclear armament didn't sort of continue at least a little bit because she wanted to keep studying tissues. <laughs> <laughs> let's keep a, let's keep the US and Russia at war for just a little bit yeah, longer little so bit. that we can yeah come on there's, there's, there's I want to know how I want to know how this newt's ball is yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes mm. okay so that is an interesting journey. Um, Radiation and radioactivity figured quite heavily in the list that I was building. Yeah, okay. Um, so I've got a few, and I, I, I tend to, I like, I like to try and pick things that kind of go well with with what you, with what you've just picked. And so this isn't my number one just yet. Um, so my Are you number theming one, it. I am theming it. Oh, good. Oh, I'm totally theming it because we'll we'll figure out the order later. And uh, yeah, um, so I'm going to go with the German. Um, physicist Wilhelm Röntgen Röntgen who was um, working on a cathode uh, working with a cathode ray tube in 1895 and he found that a nearby screen was glowing in a dark room um, and uh, when the tube was on and so he stuck his hand in front of it which is mm, Okay. It feels ill-advised. I wouldn't do that. But then I now know what radiation is, so may- maybe, yeah. I feel like we're discovering the X-ray. Is that what we're doing? That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing, Max. So that's um, what is the cat out of the no, bag? It's, it's all right. The, 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 cat's, the cat's fine. The cat's where it is. Um, so yeah, he stuck his hand through the thing, um, and uh, he saw that you could see his bones in the screen. He replaced the tube with uh, a photogenic plate so that he could capture the image. Uh, and then in 1966, uh, so, so that's, that's when he invented the, the, the X-ray, but I think where the story continues to get interesting or is get very dark. Yeah. So in 1896, uh, doctors then started um, chronicling things like hair loss and uh, lots of other very unpleasant ailments that were a result of them freely playing around yep. with, with X-raying things. Um, nonetheless, though, uh, an interesting journey um, and yeah. uh, a, 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 a no, I don't know about serendipitous. Serendipitous isn't the right word, and I know we're, we're slightly building different lists, but along the same kind of journey, I think a very worthwhile one, if one that's slightly yeah. Fought. Eventually, a lot of this, a lot of the history of radiation, radium, and yeah, and, and X-ray discovery was pretty nasty. I think he um, he did he not take lots of images of his nurse's hand, and that's when they discovered that that perhaps it was not necessarily an ideal thing to be doing because of the disparity between her right and left hand and the, oh, no. the radiation the decay. poisoning she was getting. Goal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bad times. Um, radiation spooky, man. Yeah, I mean, spooky, absolutely. Properly, properly yeah. scary. Watching Chernobyl spooked me out. Good Lord. Yeah, that's some, that's some drama. Mm. But no, it, it's absolutely fascinating. Um, what's number two? What have you got? What's Describe the image. Describe the image. What do you see there? <laughs> It's a it's a blue diamond. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll take this off. Yeah, it's a blue. Well, it's a blue diamond. It's a blue diamond. So it's, it's a blue diamond. Man. Um, I don't. I'm trying to not look at the other ones. Um, I don't want to spoil the spoil the fun. I don't know what a blue diamond symbolizes. What? Okay. No. No guesses at all. N- well. N- no. Okay. So 
I'm <laughs> I've sort of I've I've made themes throughout my own. So the first one I just put for, as fortuitous um, mm. outcome from actually probably warmongering really. Mm. Um, but this is more like accidental and fortuitous, and then we're going to keep going down the accidental along with self experimentation. Oh, we've got one, a bit of that as well. This one, yeah, self experimentation is super interesting because yeah. those people are fucking nuts. Yeah. Um, is it, are you okay with swearing? I didn't ask. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> Family friendly. Um, so accidental but fortuitous the blue diamond what does it mean okay so i'm going to turn over because i've got some good notes um so what do you know about drug discovery ah um i know a little bit about one specific bit of drug discovery and one specific drug okay because um, it's on my list um, okay, it's, no, it's not number five but it's on there it's, on there. it's okay there's there's a few really interesting stories mm-hmm. in drug discovery mm-hmm. but just talking about there's there's different types of drug discovery. So you either find out that a, comp- a compound has an effect um, sort of by chance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I think people find out that foxglove is a poison, uh, but then eventually they find they can use that to to sort of correct certain heart rhythms because actually what it does as a poison is affect your heart. So they, they then chase the pathway there. Ah. But, but drug discovery in a sort of pharmaceutical environment is usually, usually involves mapping out all of the processes surrounding one sort of um, physiological process. Okay. So this example, they were looking at some of the proteins that affect muscle contraction, particularly the smooth muscles. So smooth muscles, you'll find them on organs or you'll find them on the inside of your arteries. Right. Okay. And so contraction of the smooth muscle causes, uh, depending on the area, blood pressure to go up or down or, you know. Um, So they were looking at a particular particular enzyme called PDE5, which okay. you don't, I, you, I won't repeat that, but I'll just say it for, for anyone that knows where this story's going, they might be uh, getting, the, <laughs> getting the clues already. But that one's involved with smooth muscle contraction. So what they've tr- made is a drug that rela- that stops that enzyme having its effect. Mm-hmm. It stops that protein doing its thing and making muscles go tight. And the aim is to try and make um, heart pain or angina go away. I think I know where you're going. Yeah. Um, so the first human trials they did with this particular drug weren't particularly fruitful, um, but they did have one unintended consequence mm. in one of the genders. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. about three days after they were given the initial dose, dose of this drug, they reported having mm. erections. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then... This this particular protein they were looking, this particular drug they were looking at was sort of way laid to the side. And actually, initially, he said, "There's no merit to it." You know, why does mm. somebody why does somebody want to take a drug that three days later will give them a boner? Like, mm. I mean, that, three days later. Yeah, so that's how that's how oh. the that's how the first the first one of these class of drugs um, went around. And so, three days later, what? You know what? You planning your honeymoon? <laughs> well, it's a it's it's almost biblical, isn't it? You know, it's um it's 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 Easter Friday or it's Good Friday, and then three days later you rise. Yeah, you know, there you go. Nice. <laughs> oh. Oh. It's the imagery of killing your penis that. that <laughs> um, yeah. So the next drug they tried had a had a remarkably quicker effect, and that drug was called sildenafil, mm. aka. Mm-hmm. Your, uh, your, your, your Viagra there. Viagra, and that's mm. why the blue that's diamond. That's hence the blue diamond. Why, why a diamond? Uh, it's just how they come. Not that I've used them. Or <laughs> them. It's just how they... How they mm. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. I did, I've, yeah, I've not seen the... Not seen the yeah. Um, I like that. I like that I like that you look like you're telling the truth. <laughs> he looks like he's telling the truth, viewers, listeners. <laughs> I'm laughing, and it's creased up my face, and it means I can't unlock my iPhone. Um, yeah. I was once... <laughs> In a um, a bar in Tenerife called Lineker's, because it was, you know, Tenerife, so it had to be a sports bar and it had to be British. Oh. And one of the things they did, and I have no idea if it was actually genuine, probably not, because it's, it's got to be illegal, and you'll know, is they said they uh, they gave out these vodka jelly shots and it's it had a modicum of Viagra in them, apparently. I, I I think it's I think it's I think it's true. Okay. They, they sell Viagra ice cream in Italy. Ah, okay, right, okay, yeah. Mm. So somebody I know was given that as a fourteen-year-old girl. <laughs> Doesn't I don't know if it has any I don't know what effect it has on the smooth muscle of labia. I'm not sure. Uh, mm. Yeah, sure. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, dear doctor, from- I, dear doctor, I got a wide on. <laughs> <laughs> ah, <mm-mm. laughs> 
From that, I'm going to go to one of my... <clears throat> I'm not going to mention... Actually, no, I'm not going to mention it because it's, it's probably not going to make the top five because uh, it doesn't make my top five. But uh, I did want to make mention of LSD. Um, oh, the, the, the lysergic acid... Uh, Dithalamide there, um, or dethalamide. Mm. Yeah, uh, Albert uh, Albert Hoffman um, messed yeah. around um, with with uh, with some lysergic acid and then ate some or, or drank some. Um, he accidentally ingested it. I couldn't find more information other than he accidentally ingested it. He did not accidentally ingest it. He did <gasps> it on purpose. This is my number four. Oh shit, dog! Right. Well, well, I tell you what. I'm going to park that, um, and uh, and we'll we'll come back to that then. So. Um, Actually, no, go on. You tell me. You tell me all about that. So, Because you've got more information. I've got more information. Do you know what the day of discovery is called? No, sir. The day of discovery uh, of that particular drug is called Bicycle Day. It was named later on, actually, much, much later on than when it was discovered in 1943. Um, but they call it Bicycle Day because Albert Hoffman, he was a Swiss um, chemist and working in a lab there, he he found this drug and he he took a micro 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 dose the first time. So oh, who was the first yeah, micro doser? So, so he, it was a micro 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 dose that he got on his finger accidentally. Oh but, wow! But bicycle day was not an accident. He did that on purpose to okay. himself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he said it was a, uh, he was a, it was a non unpleasant, which yeah. is a strange way of wording it. Yes, not sensation. an unpleasant experience. So. Uh, I have a quote from the man himself. As I lay in dazed condition with my eyes closed, there surged upon me an uninterrupted stream of fantastic images of extraordinary plasticity and vividness and accompanied by an intense kaleidoscopic-like play of colours. Wow. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Just imagine that man's pillow talk. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, have you ever seen um, the television show Mad Men? I've seen bits. It's about broad, like advertising, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, there's a bit, and because because of the, the period it's set in, um, there is a, a scene early on, one of the first few seasons, where a couple of the characters take LSD, mm. and it's one of my favourite ever depictions of drug taking because it's it skirts the line of sort of whimsical, but also gives you a flavour of the thing. So there's right. there's a, a lovely moment where. Uh, one of the main characters, I think it's Roger Sterling, walks over to a bottle of some kind of expensive liquor, pops the pops the cork on it, and music comes out of the bottle, <laughs> and then he pops the cork back on, and mu- the music stops and does it a couple of times. And it, obviously, it's just him hearing it, and there's just this little look in his face of, ah, oh. and then he puts it, ah. <laughs> and it's just lovely. There's no like they they don't go into psychedelic colours. The vision doesn't go all weird. Like it's just it's just played that way. And I think it's really really cool. Um, so I like that a lot. I've never done it. I, I'm not no. sure if I should ask you if you have. I don't know if that's. I, I, have, I, to I, I have. I'm I'm interested in in the um, in the benefit of hallucinogenics actually because yeah. there's 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 quite a lot of if you ask Professor Nutt, he absolutely loves the idea of. Getting off the or not, I suppose. He um, who's Professor Nutt? Professor David Nutt. He's oh. he's uh, he's he's quite the. I think he's a bit a bit popular on the TV these days. Okay, he's a, he's a massive proponent of use of um, drugs for discoveries and in, in mm. things like I don't know psycho- psychological health and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, but particularly magic mushrooms. Ah, okay. So the 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 active ingredient in that. Is uh is pa- apparently quite good for dealing with depression and and, and coping things. It, it causes sort of plasticity in areas of the brain. So plasticity is uh, adaptation or changing. Mm-hmm. So I should say changing shape. Mm-hmm. Um, which, as I mentioned earlier, nerves are very bad at doing that. Yeah. Um, but neural networks are slightly better, and they're made better if you give them some shrooms. But sticking with sticking with Hoffman. Yeah. The dude. So he discovered it. Accidentally and had his little trippy, yeah, yeah. little trippy, 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 trippy kaleidoscope, yeah. kaleidoscope moment, yep. and then kind of parked it for a bit. Came mm. back a couple of years later and said, "You know what? Let's make a good go of this." Mm. Might have been having a bad time or a good time at the moment. I don't know what was up with him, but he he took two hundred and fifty micrograms. Okay, micrograms, micrograms. Okay. Yeah, so wow. that's that's a, that's a very small amount. Yeah, that's a lot of little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think. Mm. The threshold dose mm. for 
Lysergic acid deethylamide. Yes. Thank you for the pronunciation. Yeah, I probably fucked up. But That's whatever. Good. Fine. Um, the threshold dose is actually 20 micrograms. So you took about 12 and a half times what you should. <laughs> So that's that. So that's just him just smashing 12 and a half tabs of acid. Um, and he's, within the hour, he was feeling a bit choppy. So he asked his, he asked his assistant if he, could, uh, if he could give him, uh, you know, take him home. Can you please escort me home? Oh. I feel like a kaleidoscope is colliding with my mind. <laughs> I don't know, quite um, like I feel like a kaleidoscope. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and so they, and, and in Switzerland, what did you do back in those days? You cycled home. Yeah, oh, ah, hence and, the bicycle day. Yeah, bicycle day. And they catalogued the journey and... Uh, I think I think the 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 strong points to take from it was that he was convinced that his uh, his neighbour was a witch, um, and that LSD was going to kill him. And actually, yeah. when he was assessed by a doctor at home, he was like, "No, you're absolutely fine physically, apart from your pupils are massive. Yeah, they're bigger than your head. You got yeah. dustbin lids <laughs> for pupils." Um, but yeah, it's a great it's a it's a great story of discovery. Yeah. It's just. And it sticks around today. Yeah. So it's celebrated. Uh, Bicycle Day celebrated on the 19th of April. The discovery was actually the 16th of April, but the, fir- the person who first set up the party um, to, to, uh, to celebrate Bicycle Day realised that that would have been midweek on that particular year. So they made it the 19th. <laughs> and it's been the 19th ever since. Yeah, that's the best reason. <laughs> I, was, I was already primed. I knew it was going to be a good reason. And that's a good reason. Um, that's very cool. I like the fact that like throughout his life, he had a healthy respect for the for the drug and said like it's it is dangerous and you got to treat it with respect. Yeah. Um and man the man died at like 102. Did he? Yeah, 2008 I believe. Um What so, the f- Yeah. I know. Mate. So he did not- absolutely fine. He's that just- seems so far back in the annals of history but you're right if he yeah. lived to 108, jeez. Yeah. 100, 102, yeah. 102, 102 died in yeah. 2008, yeah. That's um wow. it's so it's you know it's 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 fine, uh, boys and girls. Wait, wait so maybe is, oh, is acid the key to a longer life? Is that what you're saying, Mark? Well, I'm, I'm, say- I'm, I'm saying maybe it isn't not. <laughs> it is not <laughs> maybe okay. it is not the key. Um, all right. Well, what's, you, a, what's on yes. your list? All right. I've so, stolen from yours a couple of times. No, no, no that's that's kind of that's 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 good. That means you know we're we're uh, we're on this. All right, I'm going to go kind of boring. My number one is kind of it's kind of boring, um, but I've kind of gone in order of like importance to the world. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've got some more interesting ones. Is here, it wheat? N- no. Oh, okay. Was that accidentally discovered? No, it wasn't accidentally discovered, but <laughs> it's one of the most important discoveries. To the- oh no! Sh- okay, sure. I, I've I've tried to go for for um, stumbling things that that weren't um, Sir Isaac Newton um, with, with with. Oh uh, yeah, with you can't. Apple. Yeah, just no, apples. No, and- no, no. Get out. Get get exactly. Thank you. Get out of the podcast, um, Sir and uh, Sir Alexander Fleming. Uh, ah, okay. Yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're 1928 there. Um, yeah, saw some mould growing uh, in a pe- uh, petri dish and uh, noticed some bacteria wasn't growing around the mould. And uh, so that was uh, the bacteria was, uh, or the, the mould was secreting a chemical that um, inhibited the bacterial growth. Um, and apparently it's got nothing to do with him finding a mould piece of bread. It's got nothing to do with bread. Well, I mean, it, the bacteria could be found, wasn't it? Um, well, uh, it was. I, I don't know actually what the all I all I could find is is a petri dish of bacteria as opposed to like it being um, from like a loaf of bread or something. Right. Um, either way, uh, it's 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 your, it's your penicillin. Yeah, and yeah. Penicillin is one of the names of the impronounceable um, chemical that was um, that was secreted by the mold. Would you like to have a go? No, that? no, because I didn't even note it down. Because oh. I just knew that I would I'd screw it up. I don't know what it is either, actually. Yeah. Penicillin. Flavin. Yeah. Flavin. Um, so penicillin. It's a, it, you, it's can't, you can't not have it on the... Yeah, you know, fine. my first one wasn't the most interesting thing in the world, but I think it's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Objectively not interesting. Subjectively, I found it a right treat. Yeah. And we are building um, a definitive list, but... With our subjective opinions. Yes. So that's A definitive that's fine. subjective list. Absolutely. It can be whatever we want it to be. Yeah. What's number three? My number three. Yeah. Ah, so this is a, another accidental discovery. Okay. But... I was looking for an image. It sits... Oh. Oh, and an image. <laughs> number three, right? Right. All right. Oh, so well, so number, number three... Number three... Yeah, number three is a red heart. So yes, number four we've done. And it, it, uh, for the listener, uh, number four was a bicycle. So I would never have got that because I didn't even know about bicycle day. Which oh. um, <laughs> I'm, I'm now... My, my world is better. Uh, so number three is a big red heart. Um, I'm going to guess... I mean, we're not building exactly the same list, but I'm going to go something pacemaker adjacent. 
pacemaker. So I could make it pacemaker adjacent. Okay. Please, because it please, involves, no, no, you, you it involves be true to your list. Leads and oh. the heart. Oh, but, leads, as in the cables, not ca- cables. Not like leads. Yeah, uh, leads, leads, leads. Uh, uh, no, yes. not the Otley run. Um, we. So what? 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 What am I talking about here? What? I'm talking about a journey of self-discovery. Mm-hmm. And when I say oh, self-discovery, because that's where I was. Yeah, because the self-experimentation thing was where I was going with LSD. Mm. So excellent. Yeah. More. more. I mean, the most interesting discoveries are when people have gone, well, I'll fucking try it on me because I'm so confident. Um, and I'm quite interested to find out how many cases there are where people have done that and absolutely flapped it. Because you only hear, yeah. yeah, you only hear about the ones where they're like, I made this discovery. Oh, God, there must be did. like double, if not triple that number that are just dead somewhere. Just, just hubristic scientists. Yeah, like imagine, <laughs> imagine being the guy that invented like acid point two and then took 12.5 tons of dose and just turned inside out. He was on a moped and yeah. on a bike. People just came in there and like, whoa. <laughs> okay. The world, um, the world of scientific discovery is paved with hubris. It, it, is that what it is? Hubris. That's mm. what it is. Well, this guy, okay. he, he went in through the femoris rather than the humorous. <laughs> um, he, so Werner Forsman was uh, a, he's fresh out of medical school mm-hmm. in 1929. Sorry, no time. Fresh out of medical school. He's just fresh out. Just, so, I'm just, being just, very silly. I'm just fresh. He's just fresh out. Mm. And actually, it's, the, today was the day when New Doctor started, actually. Oh, right. Yeah, so okay. the new doctors start in the hospital. It's they, they previously referred to as Black Wednesday. Mm. Because uh, there's a, 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 an unprecedented amount of deaths per year. Oh, and because the, the... The new doctors are coming in. Oh, man. And they're not very well practised. Oh. But that's all changed now. Um, okay-ish. <laughs> um, I still wouldn't... I don't think I, I don't think I'd want to fall be on ill on it. Yeah, don't have it on it. It's always a Wednesday. They always do it midweek. I'm not sure why, but so this chap had just come out and he was fresh. But what he'd been told in medical school is that there'd been no invasive measurement of the heart, anything to do with the heart at this point. This is 1929. Mm-hmm. No one's ever done anything with the living heart, and all he's been playing around with is hearts and in cadavers, so dead bodies. But he's done lots and lots and lots of um, catheterizations. That's putting a mm. tube inside of something. Mm-hmm. Everyone's heard of a catheter, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, urinary catheter, that's up into the bladder and it t- takes out urine for you. You can catheterize anything as long as it's got a tube and you can get it in there. Sure. And what what Sounds his like inten- dad, what yeah. intention was, was to put a catheter in there so you could deliver drugs to the heart, right? Mm-hmm. So okay. you could you can give the drugs direct to where you're trying and there, there weren't any drugs specifically aimed at that yet because the, the technology didn't exist, but he thought, oh, this is where I'd go. Um, but he'd only ever done it in cadavers and he was told, if you do this in someone who's alive, their heart will fuck it, which mm. is the medical term. Mm. Um, it will go kablooey. Yeah, the actual medical term is fibrillate. Yes. F- fibrillate. Mm. Note it down, children. It's a it's a it's a strange word to say. Is it an F or is it a PH? F I B R I double L A T E fibrillate. And what that means is so the way the heart actually works, let's just have a little one on one in heart. Please. So your heart the electrical activity in your heart causes a contraction. And it starts at the top in these little atria, so the little chambers push into the big chambers. But then what happens is the electrical activity is transferred through these fibers down to the bottom of the big chambers so that you push up and you push blood around the body. If you're contracting at the top, you'd create this little swirly pool of really dense blood that you just squished into the bottom of your heart. But actually, if you contract from the bottom, you push the blood out. Um, so the cells kind of set each other off. One goes, the next goes, the next goes, the next goes, the next goes. Um, and during that period, you can't reactivate. But meaning? So you, you, if, you've, if you've had a muscle fire, bam, you can't immediately fire again. Right. So it stops it from... You've got to just, wait for a cycle to... Yeah, exactly. And that, may, that makes it so the heart is... And if, if I'm saying anything that's, that's not, um, that's not uh, sort of intelligible, just let me know. Oh, but, but that's, that won't be a problem. <laughs> that's too... Unin- it's too intelligible. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's, if anything, it's too intelligible. Yes. Yes. If, uh, if it's inaccessible, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah, okay. Just so tell me if it's inaccessible. So mm-hmm. the, the, the cells that are next to each other, the muscle cells in the heart that are next to each other, they set each other off. And it's supposed to happen in this way in which once you've been set off, you relax f- for a period of time so that you can't just be set off and go again. And it makes sure the contraction's smooth. So you squeeze from the top, squeeze from the bottom, squeeze from the top, squeeze from the bottom. Boom, 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 boom. Love dub. Loved up. Uh, in fibrillation, it's where the synchrony's kind of gone out a bit. 
you've got one cell that's decided, hey, I'm going now, boom. And on the other side of the heart, another cell's going at the same time and they're refractory and then suddenly the whole heart's fibrillating. Fibrillating is just essentially purposeless shaking. So the muscles are going blah, 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 and your blood pumping around the body goes to nothing. So when you're told that this is what's going to occur in the 1920s or early 30s, um, you should probably believe that's pretty serious. In fact, that's dead time. You know, here we've got defibrillators that you stick on your chest and they say, give a shock now. Boom. You got it. But back then... like clear. Clear! But uh, you don't have that back in the 20s. So this, this chap... He was, he was struggling to find anyone that was willing to, to have this procedure done. So guess what he did? He stuck it in his own leg, so in his femoral vein, pushed it up into the catheter, the, the artery, or into his heart, as he'd done with these cadavers before. And then he walked down to the x-ray department and said, hey, mate, take a picture of this. I reckon it's in my heart. And I imagine that bloke went, what are you saying? Yeah. You've got something in your heart? Yeah. All right, let me take a picture of that. It's not meant to be in there. Well, I imagine when he first took a picture, he was like, well, that looks like where the heart would be, but I can't see the heart because it's, really, it's not really that clear on my pictures. Ah, it's the 20s. Because it's the 20s. Yeah. But um, they would have been able to see something interesting and it would have looked like a big metal thing in the centre of his chest and he would have been nearabouts. So that dude invented the ability to put a tube into the heart, catheterization of the heart. And that allowed for the loads of discoveries down the line. Yeah, it did. Loads of discoveries down the line. Wow. Well, that kind of eclipses um, my uh, my one about the pacemaker. Um, because, like, you don't get to pacemaker without... Because, you know, the, the first the first, pacemakers were, were, the first pacemaker was inserted up a dog. <laughs> um, and so you don't get that without him going to, to, his, to his fella and saying... Listen, mate, I've just put a bunch of um, shit up my heart. Uh, take a photo and make yep. sure it's there. Uh, so, yeah, that's cool. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for medicine again for number mm. two, and it's another one. It's not boring. I don't. I don't mean boring because I don't. I don't want to be disrespectful to anyone who needs this. But it's like it's not sexy. Okay. Uh, but prostate in- exams. I said it's not sexy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we've got um, doctors uh, Minkowski and uh, Von Mehring taking a pancreas out of a healthy dog in the late 20th century. No, 19th century, I believe. Uh, That's the 1800s, listeners. Yep. Thank you. I didn't know that for ages. No, I know. It's really, it's, it's, a, it's a silly system. Uh, and they found that uh, flies were swarming around the wee because it had a bunch of sugar in it. And then they, um, it, they, they didn't actually, these, these two doctors didn't make this crucial discovery. It was made in 1922 by a team in Toronto who isolated the pancreatic secretion that filtered out the sugar in, uh, I mean, not in that particular dog's way, but you know, in in one's in one's urine, um, and so they found that in uh, that that solution and uh, and called it insulin, and um, they got the Nobel Prize for it. Um, Ooh, but lay. yes, but it was um, yes, it was doctors uh, von Mehring and Minkowski in I think eighteen sixty nine that um, decided they'd hack a dog up and see what happened to the a, flies. Well, yeah, well, I think I think they, well, basically they gave a dog diabetes. <laughs> okay. That's literally what they did. They took away his pancreas, kept him alive and gave him diabetes. Science is brilliant, but mm. it's also... It, it's the, mean. The methods to get there, yeah. <laughs> Clinical science, I have to shout at people, but, you know, research science, you have to do things to animals in a very controlled manner mm. that usually mean excising the organ that you're testing. Um, uh, what? Excising meaning? Oh, exi- oh removing. Oh, just, Sorry. Okay. Yeah. yeah, no, it's fine. Um, Excision is is a very clinical term because it doesn't sound. I mean, you're it a clinician. So. It doesn't sound. It doesn't sound too terrible to someone to, be, to have something <laughs> excised. But if yes. I told you I was going to excise your testicle, you'd probably be like, "What?" Yeah, yeah, yes. No, I need that. Um, okay, so in- insulin, fine. Um, well, what is your number five then? So number five was depicted by was it? Um, now, ah, I'm such an idiot. It looks like a meat tap. Yeah. Is it a kidney or is it a liver? Or is it neither? It's neither of those things you said. Oh, okay. But I suppose, you know, it's kidney shaped. Yeah. It's an organ. Okay, yeah, fine. All right, it's, I don't feel too idiotic. It's an, or- it's an organ. This is where our beer will end up after we first swallow. Ah, lovely. 
Okay. Uh, after we first swallow. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not talking about in the immediate moments as it's going down no, the esophagus. No, no, Where does the esophagus end? Where does the esophagus end and, and dreaming begin? Um, <laughs> I'm delaying because I, it's been a long time since I've done biology and I didn't pay attention. Your stomach. Oh, yeah. I mean, sure, that seemed too easy. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, too easy. <laughs> sometimes the easy answer is the right answer. But you'll notice... <laughs> but you'll notice there's a little dot with a circle there's a little dot with a circle so um the little dot with a circle is as i as i should say an ulcer ah Ah, so stomach ulcers and Mm -hmm. this is a really interesting discovery because this is another one that is of uh self-experimentation but and i just it's the Balls on these people, the absolute confidence that what they're doing... The brass neck on them. Yeah, absolutely, that, that what they're doing is the appropriate next step. Mm-hmm. So this this goes back to the 80s, those two, two guys, Marshall and Warren. Um, they eventually won the Nobel Prize for this discovery in 2005, which is a, which is a way, way, mm. way long... Yeah, a bit, bit of a time after. Mm. But um, they'd, they'd noticed at the time that peptic ulcers, so these are ulcers that can occur almost anywhere down your... your, your gas tract, but mm. mostly around the stomach, and the duodenum, or duodenum, depends on how you want to say it. Yeah. I've only ever read the word, I've never heard anyone say it, so that's the first time I've said it out loud. I, I feel like the recorded. second way you said it is probably the correct way that an English person would say it. Yeah, I think I might have... We tend to have more syllables. Duodenum. I think no, I, I, think, that I, think, that's, I that's, think that's American. That yeah. must be an American, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I heard that in like Family Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, my duodenum. <laughs> um, but, so... They found that this... So this used to kill a lot of people, actually. Stomach ulcers. Mm. And we, we see, see it now as a bit of a fucking annoyance, really. Yeah, yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. Everyone's like, oh, I've got another ulcer. Yeah. Um, I'll just take some Gaviscon and it'll be, it'll be sorted. Happy days. Mm-hmm. Uh, but back then it used to kill people. Mm-hmm. It used to kill people a lot, especially young men. So um, what, what they were doing was finding these men that had these ulcers and they were just looking for anything that might give them the answer. And they isolated this, this little bacteria something called H. pylori, Helicobacter pylori. Okay. And they they isolated this, and they found that it was positive in all these men that had stomach ulcers. And so they they their hypothesis was, well, this is causing the disease. We think this is causing a disease, but right. you can't you can't you can't just say that something is giving the effect. Well actually, um, it doesn't have to be the cause. It could be a result of having ulcers. Might I suggest it was perhaps correlation without causation? There you go. That was correlation without causation. And they needed to prove causation. Yeah. No animal models work. We've already talked about science and animals. Mm. You, you need to find a good a good animal model to test things in a very controlled manner. Mm-hmm. You can't control a human out in the wild because they do stupid things and yeah. they don't tell you about it. Yeah. You have patients that you're like, are you still smoking? And they're like, no. I'm like, well... I can see the fags hanging out your pocket and you smell like you're smoking. Which, <laughs> right you know, now. Yeah. yeah. You, you, that cigarette lit in your hand, I can see it. You're not smoking. No, not at all. No, no, no. Um, Dr. And, House taught me that all patients lie. Yeah. And you kind of just assume that as a clinician. You <laughs> just listen to the things they're saying and you're like, all right, this might be useful. Yeah. I might have to completely discount it. So yes. I'm going to focus on on the clinical history you give me and the symptoms. Yeah. And then I'm going to ask you the same clinical history again. And we'll see how the stories match up. <laughs> you play a bit of you play a bit of detective work with patients, mm-hmm. but so um, you can't you can't test these things on on humans really because it's not very well controlled. So they tried it on pigs, and they found out that it was it, you, you couldn't you couldn't give pigs these um, ulcers by giving them H. pylori. It didn't okay. work, and it was it was told as a failure. And they never published the results. And actually, the community had heard about it. So one of the chaps, Marshall. He just drank a whole load of this culture, this H. pylori. And lo and behold, like the next day, he's getting stomach upset. Right. He's got a peptic ulcer. Okay. They give him antibiotics, it mm-hmm. goes away. That are targeted specifically for that bacteria. Yeah. And it goes away. And that's what they eventually got the, the, the Nobel Prize for. They for isolate not only isolating the bacteria, but for proving that it caused um, peptic ulcers. And they could have only done that at that point by mm-hmm. drinking it themselves. Damn. Now though. Mm. If you want to test it, I think there's a it's a Mongolian gerbil that apparently is a very good model for uh, H. pylori and um, peptic ulcers. In case you want to go out and do some primary research, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. Um, in case I've got a Mongolian gerbil, um, nice. Okay, well, I feel like I've got a couple. Go on. 
Um, and I'm going to go with... Uh, I want a, a curveball. Uh, curve well, me. Yeah, all right. I will. I'm, I'm, I'm a curveball, yeah. Um, and I'm going to try and tell you the story. Uh, of uh, It's 1903. 1903, yeah, okay. And, uh, and um, it's, uh, it's very cold. Um, what do uh, I like wintry, in 1903? 1903. Um, well, there was a, a, a year later, there'd be an earthquake in um, in um, Sweden. Right. I know that. Just because there's a very good song called 1904 by a Swedish um, a musician that I like. Oh. Uh, an earthquake in Sweden. Um, <laughs> so uh, you've got Edward uh, Benedictus, who uh, is uh, mucking around there with a, with, a, with a flask of a basically a liquid plastic hmm. that he accidentally drops because he's a klutz. And uh, I don't know why I'm throwing him, in, throwing him under the bus, but uh, yeah, no, so he, he, he drops his glass. Uh, the uh, liquid evaporates, but the glass doesn't shatter. Uh, and uh, it maintains the shape that it was in. Um, so it breaks, but it doesn't shatter. Um, and uh, from that... Uh, we now have the glass that we use in safety goggles. Oh. And where else? Crucially. Cars? Mm, windscreens, yeah. Uh, he, he accidentally... He made shatterproof glass. He made shatterproof glass. Yeah. Curveball indeed. By, 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 by means of curveball, by means of dropping. Um, so, yeah, that was, uh, that was I, I thought, from, from the sort of impact in, uh, upon humanity, yeah. that, 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 makes my, that makes my top five. I like that one. Yeah, there you go. Um, uh, um, adjacent to what we were talking about earlier, the, the pacemaker I thought was an interesting one, and I did have that in my list as well. That was my number five, um, which uh, that was that was the one that was um, in, did you tell inserted us the story? in the dog. Yeah, uh, well, uh, only only briefly that it was. Um, I, I believe they uh, they inserted one um, in a in, in a dog um, to see that it works. But that was nineteen fifty six, uh, and Wilson Gre- uh, Great Batch. Uh, yeah really really good name uh he was building a device to measure um heart rhythm and he was pulling out um a resistor um he was just pulling it out of the box not looking and he pulled one out that was the wrong size and he fitted it uh, and then he discovered that the circuit um emitted an electrical pulse um which made him just reminded him basically of an earlier um hypothesis that he'd had uh, about uh, electrolysis or about electricity, I guess, being able to stimulate the heart, and so he kind of put the two and two together, uh, and then just worked on shrinking this this little um, device down with this sort of taking this idea of the the faulty transistor yeah. um, or resistor uh, that was uh, causing the causing this pulse, uh, and um, and and they have a pacemaker. Put it, oh, put magnifico! It mm. um, so. That's that's a sort of th- those are our main ones. So you... What word do we have to work out? We have to work out the top five out of the sort of yeah. eight or nine things. Well, there's one that we definitely both put on the same list. Mm. I think there's a few here, but yeah, go on. Viagra and bikes. We put on the same <laughs> list. Yeah, so I think I like I like LSD. I think <laughs> do you know? Yeah. You hadn't taken it a moment ago. Womp womp. Dunno. Um, I like uh, yeah. I think I think LSD's got to go on there just because it's a. It's a really, really interesting story. Mm. Um, so uh, we'll put LSD somewhere. We'll figure out our final. Just our say final it again. List. We'll put LSD somewhere. Just what's the name of LSD? Oh, lysergic um, di- 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 diethamide. I was doing that from memory, so I can't remember. Lovely. That was that was strong. Thanks, mate. <laughs> uh, so LSD goes somewhere. Um, I don't know about Viagra. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's that interesting enough a story. No, it's not strong. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but uh, radiation, um, 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 so the microwave was one of my um, ones that I thought was interesting uh, because that was uh, another accidental The discovery. microwave? Wait, we never talked about that. No, no, we didn't. Um, but it was on my list. You can't just throw that in at the end when we're summarising. Ah, uh, well, you see. Uh, discovered in 1945 by Percy Spencer, uh, who was um, messing around with a uh, vacuum tube uh, and had a chocolate bar that was um, he found it melting in his pocket. Uh, wow! And, uh, yeah, um, hold up a second. So he was microwaving himself. Yeah, did he not experience that in his hands? Apparently not. Apparently not. Well, no. no. Um, so he started pointing his tube at a bunch of other stuff um, and found that they they were getting cooked um, through through the microwave. Man, 
Radiation, even if it's not like, you know, nuclear radiation, it's just terrifying. Yeah, it is. It you really can't is. see it. You don't know what the fuck's doing. It's not just that you can't what see it, but doing? you can't see it. And it's like really, really severely deadly. And not just deadly, but gruesome. Um, the first microwave weighed 340 gra- uh, kilograms. Kilograms. And do you know what the first desktop microwave or tabletop microwave sold for? This is in... So yeah, uh, we'll, we'll do it in. We'll do it in the money back then, which was in 1965. Oh, okay. I'm going to do this thing that we talked about earlier by by yeah, low yeah, volume yeah. or high volume. Okay, I'm going to say back then this was a two thousand dollar item. Mm-hmm. Now it's really interesting that you say that because by today's standard, by today's money, yeah, it is closer to a four thousand dollar item. So you're you're actually you're you've sort of you've got the right philosophical ballpark. Okay. It was three hundred dollars in nineteen sixty-five, yeah, which is spooky money if you actually think about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, which was which was three point three point large, um, three three point big number in um, in today's money. Uh, well, that was as of uh, two thousand seventeen. Anyway, so that was the microwave. Little 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 story there. But I think radiation in general. Uh, I think it's. I think that's. I reckon that's number one. Yeah, but well, we shall see. Um, all right, but I th- so it was the unknown danger. Yeah. They, 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 so these 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 ones where they've they are told that there's an absolute risk of death. Yes. Or you definitely will get a disease. Yes. And then they do it anyway because they want to discover because they have that desire to learn. I feel that that pushes it up the ranks more than yes. Oh, finding out that I gave my nurse radiation poisoning. Um, yeah. How much is it as a desire to learn uh, versus a desire to be right? Ooh. And desire to, for it to be known that you're right. <laughs> can you take the two apart? Ooh. In certain individuals, I don't think you can. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I, they want. Yeah. To, they want to be right. They want to mm-hmm. be known to be right. Mm-hmm. And part of that is the journey of discovery. Oh yeah, you've got. To, I mean, you've got to take the discovery. But yes, uh, I just. Yeah, I, I. I think it's about like doctors and things like. Doctors aren't inherently good people. They're not going into medicine because they're like they want to help people. They're going in because they're like, how does that bit work? I want to figure out how that thing works. That's my theory, anyway. It's pretty cynical. I like it. <laughs> I, you know, like it's a job like any other job. I think I, I, you know, I, I think people go in because they're like, what is that? What happens if there's, I take that out? There's a there's a there's a massive mix match of people. You meet yeah, people at the hospital. Yeah, there's a few doctors that I don't know how these people ended up in medicine because <laughs> they're the most misanthropic people they hate people <laughs> what what do they yeah. think medicine was medicine was going to involve i feel like i don't want to strong arm you here you can try mm. i feel like penicillin it's got to got to go in there because yes so let's let's get our, let's get our, what makes the top 5 thing there's the mm. there's it's journey to discovery. Yeah. We're talking about the journey. You were talking about, yes, we're talking about the journey. Is it an interesting enough journey? So the discovery itself mm. is a sexy, fine little bacterial wall destroying, beautiful weapon of mass destruction against microorganisms. But is the journey itself? Is it that interesting? I mean, turning around and seeing that a thing wasn't growing. You have no, to put no, two and two right. together. No, I like, to- I like where you're going with this. So if it does go in, it mm. goes at it goes at most five. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Now So let's see if it gets knocked out by the rest of our choices. When you were talking about radiation, you 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 had a specific example. Yeah, so re- well, so either the discovery of the X ray, as yeah. you put it, yeah. the guy noticed that actually there was a there was a patch missing from this 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 thing, or um my discovery my my discovery, mm-hmm. the one I proposed, yeah. the discovery of how old the body is. Um, oh yeah, so the carbon dating and carbon is that anything to do with half life? Yeah, so um, in this sense, no. Half okay. life is you carbon date, yes, and you use the half life of carbon to know how old things are because carbon will, it will degrade at a certain rate. Yeah, but that's thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Yes, yeah. What we're looking at is concentrations of a specific isotope type of carbon um, within tissues, right? And you can use that to correlate with the data from atmospheric carbon levels to give you an accurate dating of tissues. Wow. Okay. I'm not happy putting radiation in as an item. I think we've got to I think we've got to have both. So you also had stomach things um yeah. and heart things. Yeah, I 
I would like to just say self-experimentation. Just yeah. Stick it in. Just stick it in. Just give that, give that, give that the two. Yeah. Okay. Do. Is that. Mm. Okay. Yeah. No. You know what? You know what? Yeah. Cause I was going to say, is it too close to LSD? But because of uh, th- that being the same thing, but the LSD story in itself, I think is, is so interesting. Bicycles. Um, all right. So I, I think the sheer, the sheer balls on self-experimentation, I feel like puts it up at number one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll give you that. Uh, I've got LSD as number two. I've got, um, I've got carbon dating as number three. X-rays as number four. How are you feeling so far about this? Good. You feeling? Yeah, you you consented to this list. I think we both agreed that Viagra is a fun one, but it's not really a top five. Yeah, and it, I think it's more I fun mean, for the boying aspect as opposed to. If it wasn't about dicks, would it be that interesting? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Um, can I? All right. Can I throw a curveball in? Can I throw one this in? This is what I wanted earlier. Give me a curveball. Previously been unmentioned. Wow! Do it. So there's a compound found in the bark of the quinaquina tree. Ah, okay. Legend has it uh, that a man from the Andes uh, drank some of uh, the, basically, he drank from a pool that had some of this sap that had seeped into it, uh, and uh, it cured up all of his malaria. Uh, And so he wandered back into the village and was like, yeah, this this stuff's the the bee's knees. Um, And uh, in the 1600s, sorry, uh, missionaries, um, Jesuit mission, missionaries, I believe, uh, heard this, uh, apparently. We, it's not that well documented, so we don't know how true it is, but that is the legend. Uh, so that's that's how we come to understand the anti-malarial properties of quinine, I nearly said quinoa, uh, of, of, uh, of quinine. Quinine. Quinine, which we now put in uh, in tonic water. Yeah, so that's um, there's a really interesting story here. Mm. We've still got time, I can mm. just ad-lib. So... Um, a a famously known drink is the gin and tonic. Yes. Yeah. So we went on this lovely gin tasting day and the guy gave us the old history of gin and particularly around, so quinine, it can't, it, it's in the bark of this tree, right? Mm-hmm. And so they used to make uh, essentially a bark broth when they were traveling North Africa um, during all the, all the wars. England's been all over the place, yeah. let's be honest. We've yeah. just been everywhere and yeah. we've done all our things. But in this particular region, um, they make a broth out of this stuff and in order for this broth to be in any way palatable and editable and drinkable, you wouldn't be able to drink it. They had to mix their gin with it. Yes. And so back in those days, they used to put gin with their tonic so they could handle their tonic. And now these days we've got lovely, <laughs> lovely tasty tonics that make our gin more palatable. This is a nice little flip, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Because uh, yeah, tonic water is uh, horrible and bitter and, and just nasty. Also, um, I just wanted to put on that point, the, mm. the gin back then was like 70 something percent. It was make you go blind strength. <laughs> Um, so, you know, that if that was making it taste nice, how yep. bad did this fucking bark juice taste? Absolutely. Now, I've got one. I've got one big honourable mention, which we'll, which we'll we'll mention in a tick, because I don't think it has to make the five. But what would you feel about quinine going in there? So my initial thought when you said, mm. "Oh yeah, this man went and drunk from the bark of below a tree," and then came back to the village and told everyone. Imagine nowadays, someone comes back to you like, "I found this crystal that if you put it near your bed, uh, it gets rid of your <laughs> sleep apnea and gives you dreams, and you can lucid dream." You just you, you wouldn't believe what they said. No, um, and. That might stifle so many discoveries going forward. Yeah. Um, but do, do, do I think... What's the journey to discovery there? A man drinks from pool by tree. But and- it's also... That could have remained uh, unknown yeah. for so long. Um, and I'm not I'm not a, a, an advocate for, for missionary service or that kind of thing, or colonialism as I think, you know... What's your position on missionary? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, favorable um but i don't know i think were it not for some people coming in and and doing what they they thought was the lord's work or whatever the lord exactly praise him do we end up with a an anti-malarial drug you had you had done so well to sell it to me up until you mentioned the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> really, so. No, 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 no. Uh, no, no. The, the, I did a bad the, move there. The I did bad science. atheist in me. Oh, saying, of course. Yeah, just saying, on the principle. Get, get, your, get to fuck. Get your... God, no. Um, get your God out of my science. Get your God. What, what's our actual list? Did we, did we come up? So No, so we're still looking for a number five. 
So we've done one and A as no. One is one is uh, self experimentation. Two is LSD. Um, three is carbon dating. Four is X rays. Oh, and then five. So self Yeah, I suppose we're missing a five now. Actually, yeah. So we haven't done heart stuff, and we talked about heart stuff. Um, so we've got um, cath- catheterization, and we've yeah. got the pacemaker. I let that be clumped in with the self X. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that makes sense. That's- yes, it does. It kind of fits in that category quite well, doesn't it? It does. Stuck the thing in his own fucking leg and heart. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that means we have a fight between Viagra and God, which which seems like a uh, it seems like a, an appropriate fight. It um, does. And although Viagra can be used in a happy marriage, of course. Um, please, please drink responsibly. It, it was your number two, which makes me think. That considering my quinine thing was much further down the list, I think I think we I think we put I think we put your boner drug there at number five. I think we put uh, I think we we put Viagra at number five. I'll agree with 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 Dicks at five. Dicks at five. So the final list in at in, in at number one is self experimentation. Coming in at number two, LSD. Number three, carbon dating. Four, X rays. Five, Viagra. <sighs> Clinical scientist Max Thomas, do you consent to this list? I consent to this list. Fantastic. Um, I've got one more like little honourable mention for you. Okay. Just because I, I like this one a lot. Uh, because it takes me back to my childhood. And it's something that uh, in the next episode, uh, in, in the current series, um, did not get a mention. And I kind of think this is a bad idea. This is a bad move on my part. Okay. So, do we know what the next list is about, or are you just going to just talk about this one particular? Uh, the next list is is childhood toys. Ah, oh, nice. That's a good list. Huh? Yeah, it's a nice one. So, um, there's uh, there's there's Noah uh, McVicker is a um, well, he's making a wallpaper cleaner in the 1930s with his brother, uh, who runs a soap company. I mentioned detergents right at the beginning. Hmm. Um, the company is called Kutol Products. And um, the way this worked, it was a clay. Uh, and it was pre-vinyl wallpaper. So if you got soot all up, on your, all up in your walls, you'd take this clay and you would roll it up and down your walls and it would take the soot off. You with hmm. me? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, then vinyl wallpaper came in. And you could just wipe away the soot with a damp cloth with vinyl wallpaper. Ooh. Yeah. So this company nearly went out of business. However, <laughs> the school... T- right. So um, Noah, who this is the fellow, uh, who, who one, of the, one of the brothers who worked at the, the soap company, Noah's nephew, Joe's sister-in-law... <laughs> Tenuous link. Yes was a school teacher and she used the clay in class because she found that kids like building stuff with it. I know where we're going with this. Yeah, yeah, you do. Uh, and so what happened is the the vicars uh, liked the way this was going as well. They removed the detergent aspect, added some colouring and called it Kutold's Rainbow Modelling compo- uh, Compound. <laughs> Catchy. <laughs> That same school teacher suggested, why don't you call it Play-Doh? Yeah, that's much better. Uh, And it's now manufactured by Hasbro. What was it, Rainbow? Uh, Kutol's Rainbow Modelling Compound. Compound, that's It's not a word that kids use. No, no. Um, So, yeah, it's now manufactured by Hasbro. Uh, (laughs) You can make it at home. uh, And it tastes salty because it's got salt in it. Um, right, because it's all kind of natural stuff, and uh, is that to deter kids from eating it? The saltiness? No, it's just a natural byproduct oh, okay. of the stuff what's in Play-Doh, because it's all like yeast and, uh, and and natural things and flowers and stuff, uh, and uh, often the recipes that you that the homemade recipes for making your own Play-Doh Sprinkle tend to be quite salt salty. In there. Yeah, and it's preservative as well, so it'll keep it uh, keep it all nice like that. So that's so that's a little uh, that's a little bonus. Oh, lovely. Well, I'm very happy with this list now. You're not just a clinical scientist, uh, so by day you are. Didn't uh, what am I by night, Mark? Well, what do you tell tell the listener what you are by night? What you do? So what do we do? Uh, we perform improvised comedy. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Honestly, we, honestly, we do. Honestly, no. We, we, we're, we're, we're <laughs> this fine. this we're, episode, you know, taken as 
We take we've gone to learned places. Yes. Um, and and what we do on stage in the evenings is we go to absurd unlearned places. Pla- yeah. 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 Un- unlearned. We we learn about ourselves mm. through absurdity. Mm. We self-experiment. Um, yeah. Camus would be Camus would be proud of us. Yeah. We're absurd people. Um, but it's really fun. And if you want to come along, yes. Come to um, Birmingham. Come to Birmingham um, and uh, come to the Jewellery Quarter in Birmingham specifically uh, on the last Wednesday of every month uh, where you will find us. Um, uh, and uh, if you want to find out more, you can look for OK Stop on uh, all of the internet places, Twitter and Facebook and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and and that's, where, uh, that's where we perform. And yeah. The venue's called 1000 Trades. Yes, it is. So that, um, that would have been specific information they needed. Well, yeah, but, you know, people got to remember stuff and it's hard. Oh, so people are just on their commute, you know what I mean? Um, but, yes, uh, if that is of interest to you, then 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 lovely. Come along and see us. Uh, and um, mayhap there might be other uh, improvisers of the same stable uh, on this very podcast in are coming you, weeks. Are you having a team outing with your podcast? Is that what you're saying? A little bit. Just, one, just, just you know, Stepping individual. stones. Yeah, stepping stones. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, so, Max, thank you very much for uh, for no being. No worries. Thanks on for the beer. It's <laughs> my pleasure. And uh, here's to science. I wish I. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll have to clink, even though it's empty. Let's clink to science. To science. 